It's Tuesday, August 29th, 2017. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. So I'm grateful to have Dr. David Prince, the pastor of Ashland Avenue Baptist Church from Lexington, Kentucky. And Dr. Prince has been such an encouragement to me, probably in ways he doesn't even know, (laughs) when he was at Raleigh Avenue Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, And I was in college. I think he had just gotten to Raleigh Avenue. I would come to Raleigh Avenue, sneak in the back, listen (laughs) to him before I would go uh, off to uh, Dawson, where I was the junior high youth minister. Uh, and so I would get the tape recording of what your <laughs> sermons were at Raleigh Avenue Baptist Church. And just his ministries encouraged me. And uh, he had a, a missions conference several years ago at Ashland and Dr. Moore came and he invited Lifeline mm. to be a part. And I just I just love the heart of Ashland Avenue Baptist Church for adoption and foster care. But you as a pastor, you have eight kids. Yeah. But just like Ashley and I, you guys have never adopted. You've never fostered. But you're able to really, you know, shepherd this adoption and foster care community at Ashland. Talk about how your adoption experience has shaped the way you shepherd Ashland and adoption and foster community. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, I hear from my members all the time. Lifeline is awesome. In fact, I heard that last week from a family who's been working with Lifeline to adopt a child. So uh, I'm honored to be here. Yeah, you know, um, my conviction uh, is through studying the scripture. I just began seeing um, what I had not previously connected for some reason. Uh, I read the J.I. Packer line where he says adoption is at the heart of the gospel. And uh, I started seeing it throughout the Bible. Uh, actually, the, the adoption culture at Ashland Avenue developed in a very organic, unplanned way. God always does things, you know, that uh, that that. God does incredible things. And on the backside, you realize we weren't smart enough to work all that out together. But I was preaching through Galatians. We got to the Abba Father section. Uh, and uh, I just made an offhand comment that wasn't in my notes that, uh, you know, we ought to reflect the gospel. We're always looking for ways to reflect the gospel. And there are orphans around the world. There are needy kids. We ought to have a fund where we uh, pool money together to help people rescue and care for and nurture uh uh, orphans around the world. And uh, I didn't really think anything of it. And uh, the next week, my administrative assistant came in and said, there's a whole lot of money coming in that's marked ABBA fund. What is that? <laughs> and uh, I actually had to go before the church the next week and say, hey, uh, we don't know what we're going to do with that money. We don't know how to work this out legally and how to, but, but keep it coming and we'll figure it out. Mm. And it actually took us a couple of years to figure out the dynamics of how we would use that money and how it would work. Uh, but our people just kept giving and, uh, we eventually created a fund and a plan for how to resource that fund. And we actually do our ABBA fund offering yearly on Father's Day because we want to tell, we want to say fathers, you need to be leaders in the adoption and orphan care movement. Uh, this is, you know, guys tend to say, well, yeah, of course she wants to adopt. She's got a nurturing mm-hmm. instinct. Our question is always the same. What about your rescuing instinct? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we started this process and we didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. We just knew that we needed to do something. And uh, as soon as we got the fun going, our people started uh, adopting. And um, 
I, I look out in my congregation and we have so many families that are so many different mm. shades of skin color. And uh, we also that led us into uh, the whole foster care movement, realizing the need there. And uh, now our church is very strong in fostering mm-hmm. in our community. Had a family this week who had been fostering to adopt and had all kinds of glitches and problems. But that went through this week. My, my wife went there to celebrate with them. But but it's really uh, it's trans transformed our church culture and community. Uh, I would say that uh, at the very beginning, we said, okay, because we believe this is reflecting the gospel, we will never say we have an adoption ministry mm. because people tend to think isolated group of people interested in something. <laughs> and we said, this is church. This is what Christians do. And so we want an adoption culture. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I've never adopted uh, I have eight children. Uh, my oldest is 20. Uh, there hadn't really been a lot of time to even think about that. Uh, but the fact I haven't adopted has really given me a strong uh, voice in our congregation to say uh, the adoption and orphan care movement is not just about adoptive parents. Right. And so what we wanted was an entire congregational push uh, to see this issue as a key way we reflect the gospel. So when I introduce children who've been adopted or, uh, to our congregation, there's usually a little old lady who knitted a blanket for that child before they got to the family. There's kids who had a lemonade stand in the summer and gave their money to the fund. And so everybody is looking and say, I had a part uh, in that. And it's transformed our church in all kinds of ways. I can talk about how people apply the Bible differently because they constantly see uh, physical adoption. And that makes them say, so how do these kids integrate into these families? Well, that's the way I integrate my faith. I, I learn my story right. and I start living on the basis of this new story that came in my life by grace. So it's been totally transformative for our church. Yeah. I think that's what's awesome, too, is how you've seen from four-year-olds all the way to your senior adults get engaged and get involved. And, you know, so many times I think we look at the word and when it talks about orphans and we just instinctively we think adopt or foster. But really, those words aren't in the Bible. They're to speak up, to take care of, to defend. And so it's neat to see the way Ashland is defending the cause of kids in your community, but also kids around the world. And it's touched your staff, too. And I know Jeremy's being sent off to plant and has been sent off to plant a church. But even your own staff has taken a part in adoption and foster care. And it's just such a great thing to see that DNA. So if other pastors are listening and they're thinking, OK, how, how do I go about starting this? Obviously, you're started organic. But as you've kind of organically learned this, what are some things you would tell other pastors about how to start an adoption ministry or community in their church? Yeah, well, first of all, I would say to them, we would love to be a resource. Um, we can tell you all the mistakes that we've made and we can tell you on the other side what is really uh, taking traction. So uh, if you call us, we'd love to talk to anybody. We we have a heart for spreading this message. Uh, but I would say, first of all, that, um, you know, this doesn't need to be an isolated thing that you introduce. This ought to be that you making clear from the pulpit that this is the application of what it means to walk in line with the gospel. Right. If uh, Because what Pastor Jeremy at our church says to people all the time, everybody here who's a Christian uh, has been adopted. <laughs> everybody here has an adoption story. Now, the question is, in what ways are we going to be involved as a congregation in reflecting that adoption story? So it is very easy from the pulpit to... Uh, 
to apply the Bible using the window of adoption. It, it, it's, it's very uh, powerful to, to integrate in all kinds of ways into sermons, and that ought to be done. Uh, but beyond that, uh, special focuses, information, um, equipping key leaders to see why this ought to be a congregational issue and not an idea of an isolated few. Uh, but, but what I found is if you, if you go after it, not as a nuanced little side thing, but as this is what Christians do. Uh, most churches, the people love Jesus. They just uh, need leadership and directions. And our people responded really, uh, really quickly and re- really aggressively. Yeah. Well, I'd, I would just encourage folks to reach out to you guys because you have done it well. And, mm-hmm. and like you've said, you've done it from a gospel driven stance, not social justice or humanitarian aid, but truly as a response to the gospel, yeah. which is how we need to be doing this. Because I believe these kids need our gospel more than they need our homes. Absolutely. Um, and they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so, you know, we want to reach out to kids, even though they'll never be adopted with the gospel of Christ. And so there's something we can do, and it informs the way we do missions here at home as well as how we do international yeah. missions. Well, I, I also want to talk because a big piece of Lifeline is discipleship. And it is that discipling those kids. And, um, you know, I, I follow you uh, in so many different ways. Talked about the theology and the deep theological truths that you put out, but also your love for Alabama football. Roll we tide. share that. And that's just uh, obviously bonds us together. And, you know, sports is a huge yeah. ministry that you've had, both with your family, but also just to show discipleship in youth. And, I think for so many times, you know, families are looking to how do I attach to these kids that I've adopted or yeah. these kids that I'm fostering? And sports could be a big piece of that. Yeah. Can you just talk about, you know, just you've even written a book on the arena, right? In you know, the arena. In yeah. the arena on how to disciple kids through sports. Talk a little bit about yeah. that and, and your thoughts in that regard. First of all, in the Bible, there are three major metaphors for about what it means to walk with God in the world. Uh, the, the number one is soldier because the Bible is a book about spiritual warfare from beginning to end. The second is agrarian because it's such a powerful picture that we have to do everything that we can do. And yet at the end of the day, we got to pray and pray that it will rain and there's factors beyond our control. But the number three is sports. Uh, I, I'll speak to a crowd of a thousand people and I'll say, raise your hand if you've ever been a soldier. A couple of hands will go up. I'll say, raise your hand if you've ever made a living farming couple of hands will go up. Say, raise your hand if you've ever competed in athletics or have an interest in athletics. Almost every hand goes up. So we probably ought to figure out that metaphor because it is so prominent in our cultural context. And so Paul, it seems like the Apostle Paul, he would have definitely had ESPN in the sports package (laughs) because he can't talk about his faith without drawing parallels to his interest in in sporting competition. So it's there. And, And, you know, you think about how easy most of our kids' lives are, not these, not these uh, adoptive kids, mm-hmm. but but just how comfortable most people's lives are, their character is not really tested often because mm-hmm. uh, life is so easy. Well, sports puts you in this little arena where you fail, you strike mm-hmm. out, you you miss the ball, and you succeed, mm-hmm. and you do it as a part of a team that's bigger than you. So for our uh, all of our families, but particularly for our adoptive families, it's been so powerful. Mm-hmm. Pastor Jeremy, who I talked about earlier, adopted two boys from Ethiopia. All of their other siblings died of malnutrition. Mm-hmm. So, so these boys uh, were brought into this home. Before they ever got here, he mailed some Atlanta Braves baseball hats, and they took a picture of them. These, they didn't know how, where, what direction the bill would go. They looked so awkward. Uh, but, but they came into our church, and now uh, these kids uh, 
and know how to wear their baseball hats. They know every player on the Atlanta Braves. They, 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 they all these things. Well, what is happening there? Mm-hmm. Well, Jeremy is from Lewisburg, Tennessee, and Jeremy loves baseball in the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. And so now these boys, because their fa- they love their father and their father loves them, have been brought into that world. They started hearing stories about Chipper Jones and Hank Aaron, and now that's a part of their story. And so I think Jeremy would tell you that uh, baseball has been perhaps outside of direct church involvement the best ground to disciple his mm-hmm. children. Because early on, he's teaching them to play. They don't know a lot. They don't even know a lot of their family story. But as they talk about the game and apply it to things in their family dynamics and church life, uh, that has been a bond that's formed that they'll always share. You know, he's also into NASCAR. And so it's hilarious to see this kid from Ethiopia wearing a Dale Earnhardt uh, T-shirt. So uh, it's really powerful. But that's the way applying the Bible works anyway. It's not just a few facts that you memorize. It's learning your story. And so I'm able to appeal to that all the time. How did Isaac and Jonah, how did they get integrated into this family? Well, they kept learning their story and living based on it. Well, that's how we all apply the Bible. Amen. Well, we thank you, Dr. Prince, for being here and just for the way you lead Ashland. And uh, I would just encourage folks to get your book in the arena. And then also, I know Ashland Avenue, along with you, have produced a, a year-long devotional for families to get family worship and uh, I just love the way that y'all continually are discipling families, not just in your church, but giving resources for the greater church. And so that that devotional has even been a blessing to my family. Mm. And I just would encourage other families that as you take it seriously, disciple your families to get some of these resources. Mm. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.